You're listening to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, Kentucky's weekly horse racing discussion. And now, here are your hosts, Alan Schneider. Getting pooped since Thursday. Oh, that dear. Makes me nervous. Yeah, that makes me a little nervous because that's two of us. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, so we, yeah, we're just touch and go here at my house right now. Well, you're going to be a lot of fun at the game today, then. Brandon Jaggers. Both of you all have two items of the Auxiliary Gate merch coming. We got some oh, special right. merch. We got some it's merch. Merch is coming. That, that's we got around to making merch. We got around yeah. to it. Yeah, <laughs> that's so. awesome. I need to make yeah. some merch. And me, CC brought us. What? What'd you do on the bed? <laughs> we don't even have a bed. I didn't even have a. I had a half, a, a, half sectional. a sectional. Yeah, half a sectional. The other piece, who knows what happened? It fell out of my <laughs> truck. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Auxiliary Gate. This is podcast number 73. As we celebrate the opening of the Keeneland Fall Meet, I'm CC Broadus. I'm joined, as always, by my pal, handicapping savant, Alan Schneider. How are you doing, buddy? Uh, I usually get idiot savant, so I'll take that, but I'm doing great. I'm doing great. You're not an idiot because you predicted the uh, the Kentucky win over Florida last Saturday, right? Well, that was more hope than than hype, but uh, we were there, folks, and uh, both CC and I were there. Uh, we had a good time together beforehand. We all we sat separate the game, and uh, we can assure you, if you haven't heard by now, that place was absolutely rocking. I've been going. I'm 51. I've said, and I've been going to the Kentucky football games. I'm a bigger football fan than I'm a basketball fan. I'll I'll go ahead and tell you, I like basketball, but I, I'm a football guy, and I probably went to 100 games in my day, and that place was. From start to finish was as loud as I've ever heard it, and I'm sure CC will agree that there were times when it was might have been rocking a little too hard as it was swaying underneath our feet, right? In yeah, that level. that that made me a little bit nervous. I, I, I'm not I'm not afraid to say it. It, it it's like I, okay, people knock knock the jumping up and down. I, have, all. I liked I was part of the people doing it. I had felt that before, but I will tell you, had this had the stadium collapsed, I would have suggested that they finish the game and then come save us because I wanted to make sure that thing got official. Uh, before, you know, don't worry about me. I'll manage, but uh, just keep playing the game. And it, it, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, uh, Kentucky's got a solid team. They have, they have a chance to do something pretty good this year. The way the schedule plays out, so hopefully, you get another win this weekend. We'll see. And, and of course, this Saturday, uh, Keeneland opens on Friday. Saturday is the uh, infamous Keeneland double, where you go to Keeneland during the afternoon, then make the uh, Kentucky LSU game on Saturday night. So that's going to be a, a long day for a lot of yeah. people. I think initially I was going to do that, but the more I started thinking about it, as as wonderful as this Keeneland card is, and it's fantastic, and there's some horses I like, uh, they're going to have 40,000 people at Keeneland on Saturday. It's going to be packed to the gills. And then trying to get out of there and then get over to uh, Commonwealth Kroger Field uh, where Kentucky plays, which is about, what would you say, four or five miles away. Uh, that could be challenging. So I'm just going to tuck it and go to go to Kroger Field. But as you can imagine, Hopefully the cell service uh, hooks us up because usually it sucks out at Kroger Field because I'm going to watch some races. So I'll just uh, I'll do a little wagering from the parking lot, provided my cell service works. Well, I'm not going to miss a race on uh, on, on this huge Saturday card. I'm, I'm going to probably watch it from my couch, catch the game at night. So, uh, but uh, in case you're hiding under a rock, Saturday's card is uh, one of the best cards uh, in Kentucky racing year round. We've got. 
Yes. Big stakes races, Keeneland Mile, the Breeders' Futurity, First Lady, uh, just, uh, uh, probably, uh, I think it's five good stakes races and a really good supporting card. So for a massive card like this, we have to bring on, uh, one of our good friends, a, a very good expert. And we were talking about the Mount Rushmore of the auxiliary gate last week. I, I erroneous, erroneously left off our guest tonight and, and she would go up there at the very top. So, and that's JJ Hysel. JJ, how are you doing? I'm doing great, and that might be the greatest compliment I've ever received, being on the, the Mount Rushmore. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. We need six or out. seven heads on there. We need six or yeah. seven. Yeah. Of the- See, we're going to have to have like a, a media edition and then like a a, a, a trainer's Enforcement edition. Yeah, I don't know, something like that. Yeah, we'll have to do something like that at some point. But uh, And then, uh, yeah, maybe, uh, Alan, you can be Crazy Horse. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so. Well, Did they like him up there? Did he? I don't know. Was, is, is he represented up there? Crazy Horse. He's. he's not, I've been to South Dakota. Dakota. I, I didn't. I've been to Mount Rushmore once, and uh, it was cool. But I didn't get to see Crazy Horse. And I think there's, they're, they're going to work on him for like the next fifty years. So. Well, I tell you what, we can carve out a statue out of soap or something of JJ and, and Michelle <laughs> uh, Lovell, Tom Drury. Who else you want to throw in there? We'll throw in Pat Day, Tom Leach. Uh, all the Twin Spires guys. I mean, you know, it's going to be like a Hydra. It's going to be multi-headed right when we right. get done with it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. All right. Uh, JJ, uh, Keeneland opens. We're recording this on Thursday night. Keeneland opens uh, tomorrow on Friday. What does Keeneland mean to you? Oh, it's it's huge. It's it's everything. It's it's really the the heartbeat of the industry with it being located in Lexington where everything happens in horse racing. And, it, you know, people call it a boutique meet, but really I think it's more just representative of what horse racing is all about. It's all about the horses. It's all about the breeding and all about the people coming together to, to celebrate this industry. And I think this particular meet coming up is going to be very special because I think it's really, you know, the first time that since, since the pandemic started that people will really be able to get back together and enjoy these races. And, and these fields are attracting some really, really nice horses. These are some really good wagering races. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, outside of the, the racing itself, one of my favorite parts of Keeneland is the, uh, uh, is the, the concession stands. They, mm-hmm. they do a pretty good job. Uh, JJ, any, uh, any concessions that stick out to you? I know I've got my favorites. Me too. Well, I, yeah, I, I love the bread pudding that we would get in the press box, which would go very – I mean, people would trample each other to get to the bread pudding. Right. That and the uh, the hot chocolate at Keeneland. I, I know that sounds bizarre, but the best hot chocolate I've ever had is at Keeneland. I don't know why, but they yeah. they really know how to make it. That's exactly right. You're 100% correct. And then uh, I like the corned beef sandwich. i tell you what, uh, before the pandemic, we every once in a while we get to go into the bluegrass room. Uh, we, you know, we tell a lie and say we had a horse run in that day or something like that. We get in there and they had that buffet. They have corned beef and, and roast beef. And I mean, it just, it was a, a great meal. And you just sit in there and eat and then walk outside and, uh, look, uh, watch the races and then come back in and eat, eat some more. It was, it, it's always great. I hope they bring that back at some point because that's, uh, that's one of my favorite parts of, of Keeneland for sure. Uh, JJ and if, few weeks maybe five weeks uh the breeders cup takes place at del mar any races on that uh card that you're looking forward to oh yes uh well obviously the classic has taken a, a real turn of of who who's going to do what um you had three 
possible qualifiers who are all front-running specialists when you had Nick's Go, Art Collector, and, and um, Medina, Medina Spirit winning. And, of course, we don't know if he can run yet. We have to wait for the ruling on Bob Baffert. But now you're thinking who is going to to be maybe coming off the pace if, if they can't hold on. I'm, I'm looking at essential quality as, as being a real contender in the Breeders' Cup Classic. I, I, I know that he's, you know, right now being overlooked because he's facing older, but I, I really like essential quality in this position right now. Uh, that horse should be sitting in the guard spot if uh, the three that you mentioned hook up. I, let me ask you this. I like to pose this question to Alan and, and Brandon when they're here, when he's here. Uh, Going into the first turn between Medina Spirit, Hot Rod Charlie, and Nick's Go, who has the lead at the, at the after the first quarter? Nick's Go, Nick's Go. Go ahead, JJ. What do you think? Yeah, I wanted to pose this question on Twitter and see what people would say. I I vote for Nick's Go, but but I I think though that some of the other trainers may want to test Nick's Go and see if they can run with him. Yeah. I, I cannot wait. Uh, that, that, I've been running that scenario over and over in my head, and, and I don't know. I, I wish kind of, I, I wish Latruska could learn how to rate, and they, yeah. they could stick her in the race too, because I'd be interested. I think she could stack up against that that group fairly well too. But, uh, but we'll uh, you, hopefully. See you know her what? Uh, you could see it's hard to believe that she's talking about essential quality, and it's hard to believe. But when you look at that, how that field's going to stack up, you might get. I mean, it's too early to say, but five, six to one on a horse like essential quality. I mean, that's that's crazy, you know, and it, it, it very likely might happen. You might get that on Hot Rod Charlie. Who knows? I, it's uh, too yeah. early to tell you, but it's just why, why the Breeders' Cup so attractive. And then there's a there's a solid bunch that's underneath. you got Art Collector yeah, who's peaking right now, and then you've got uh, uh, Max Player who who won the Jockey Club Gold Cup, and, I, I you know, he's – He'll be in there. It's, it's a, it's going to be a really nice field. Maybe hopefully nine, ten horses in there at least. And, uh, gosh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, before we get to the Breeders' Cup, we've got the, uh, the matter at hand here. We want to talk about these big races at Keeneland. I'm excited to, to, to open up my iPad and, and go over these races with you guys. So, uh, another, another item we want to talk about while we're reviewing this card is the, uh, the new $3 all turf pick three wager that uh is debuting on friday and uh alan why don't you talk about that a little bit uh yeah i actually think it's gonna be a lot of fun for a couple of different reasons um i believe on friday it's it's the last whatever the last three turf races are of the day i think on friday it just happens to start in the second race because they only have three three races i believe on saturday they have four races so we'll start a little later in the day um but uh yeah Starts with race six. It's the Woodford Stakes. Oh, it does? The five, yeah. On Saturday. On Saturday. On On Friday. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think it represents a lot of challenges from a horse player perspective. Not just handicapping horse player and money management and ticket structure. I think it's, uh, I think it's fascinating. A lot of people have, uh, lamented over the years that, uh, they have the dollar minimum on Superfectus as opposed to the dime. Other people like the dime because they want, you know, they want, because they can't afford to do all the combination. It, it's I get both. Arg- I see both sides of the argument. I really do. This three dollar minimum is a bit of a. Uh, uh, I guess they're they're giving the people who want the higher minimums uh, something to, to shoot for. It's gonna be a challenging thing with the deep fields at Keeneland. You've got to pick your spots. You've got to take stands. There's a variety of different ways that you can look at to play it. Uh, single, double, single. 
Um, you know, I, I do believe, I know on Saturday we're going to have a heavy favorite to start the sequence off with a horse called Golden Pal. Uh, I think you have to be very, very wary of singling these overwhelming favorites because that's one everyone's going to go to. And in the case with such a, a minimum, uh, such a high minimum, uh, those horses will get bet harder than they even usually do. So if you can upset one or two favorites along the way and you can afford a decent ticket, you're going to make a bank. Because I, I guarantee you, these will, these, these, this thing will pay a lot uh, on an average. Don't you think so? Yeah, what? Like a three to three, three to one shots. What would that pay? You think that would pay three hundred dollars? Oh God, m- much more so. Uh, yeah, I definitely do because uh, we were talking off air. If you have a a pick three, for instance, because there's a fifteen percent takeout, and let's say your fifty cent pick three pays eighty dollars on an ordinary sequence. Let's say a hundred, make the math even easier. Say your fifty cent pick three pays a hundred dollars. Now most people are gonna look at this three dollar minimum and say, well, six times fifty cents is three dollars, so six times one hundred, it'll pay six hundred dollars. For a three dollar minimum, I disagree. I think it'll pay more like eight or nine hundred. I think it'll play bigger because there's fewer combinations out there due to the three dollar minimum. So plus the, plus the takeout. So I think you're going to get a premium on your payout. So three three to ones at a three dollar minimum, I wouldn't be surprised that paid four hundred fifty five hundred dollars. Maybe more than that. I mean, we'll we'll know more tomorrow. But uh, right. I think it's a pretty challenging thing to do. I'm not saying I can, I'm going to play it every time, but I'll take a couple stabs at it. Yeah, I'm excited for it uh, to be sure. All right, let's get into it. Uh, race six on the Saturday card is the uh, it's the Woodford Stakes presented by TVG. That's Grade Two, two hundred thousand dollars, five and a half furlongs on the grass, and as we've already mentioned, number two Golden Pal, the winner of the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint last fall at Keeneland. Is the forty-five morning line favorite, JJ? We're going to go right to you. Give us your thoughts on the Woodford Stakes. Yes, yes. That and it was interesting before before his quick quick call win. Wesley Ward said that this son of Uncle Mo could be the the best horse he ever trained. I know you guys remember that, but then they had the disappointing effort in the Nunthorpe, and that that adds a question mark. And mm-hmm. it shows he's not totally invincible, as as we may have thought. Um, it could be easier to back off him here if it wasn't for that bullet work and. And the appearance that he looks to be happy to be back home. I think I think he likes being in this environment. I I cannot bet against him here. I still think he's the best of the field with Johnny V back aboard. I think he could get an early challenge up front from Firecrow and Tyler. Uh, Firecrow, he set a track record in his win at Pimlico two back, but he doesn't always hold his speed, especially against this this level of class. I th- I think the only challenger that has a chance to upset. Golden Pal would would be the veteran extravagant kid, and Jose Ortiz. And although he you know he hasn't performed up to his standards last out in the July Cup, uh, I, I think he boasts a super resume, and uh, he he could be one that you need to include on tickets. Um, the only concern with the eight year old gelding is he's 0 for five at Keeneland, but he has run well at Keeneland. It's not like he doesn't dislike the course or anything. It's, it is just something that you look at and think it might be a, a detraction. But I, I, I like Golden Pal in this race. I try to get away from him. I thought Extravagant Kid is really the only one that I think might have a chance to beat him. So I, I had to go 2-6 uh, here. All right, Alan, go ahead. Well, before we get going on the Woodford, uh, we should mention that uh, Michelle Lovells just might was, you know, we were wondering where she was going to go, where she can go in the Woodford. Uh, or she can go in on Friday in the Phoenix, and she has decided to go in the Phoenix. Uh, gets a pretty good feel with Just Might, who's just in career form right now. So once again, 
broken record, but it's our podcast. So we wish uh, Michelle the best of luck tomorrow. We're going to be rooting on just Mike. Um, that said, and JJ kind of echoes my sentiments. The thing with uh, Golden Pal looks invincible. Initially, you thought with his um, – what I'm looking for, resume with his hype, that he would be invincible in the spot. Because this isn't the toughest spot in the Woodford. But this horse does draw inside a fire crow. There is a little bit of question mark. You seem sometimes that Wesley either airs in these spots or he disappoints. He's disappointed me in spots like this before. I wish the field was overall tougher. I feel maybe a little bit better going against Golden Pal. I know I'm going to tear up my tickets because I'm gonna, I may take a shot against him. And unfortunately, it's one JJ didn't even mention. And initially, I'd have never thought I'd pick this horse, but I'm going to take a silly shot on county final on the outside. It's a three-year-old, and initially, I did not think this horse would stack up against an extravagant kid and uh, a horse like Golden Pal. But maybe Fire Crow and um, Golden Pal hook up on the front end. They're both incredibly fast horses. So Golden Pal's drawn inside. County final has not finished well throughout his career, but it's been at longer distances. I do think the horse maybe might be a little better at this, at this shorter trip. Uh, it didn't make kind of a menacing move at Kentucky Downs last time. Maybe he can swoop up on the outside and pass the tiring leaders. I would need more than a five to one morning line. If I got seven, eight to one, my interest peaks. That said, it's Golden Pal's race to lose. I might take a little flyer on county final to, to, to be. I'll use both in that uh, little turf pick three deal well just to give you a little more insight on golden pal's work on october 2nd this workout was listed one of the handy things about keeneland on their website is they list uh their clocker lists some of the notable workouts and golden pal spotted averly jane four links in that workout on october 2nd and made them all up and i think that was a really impressive workout yeah so looking at and going back on this August 20th race where Wesley Ward shipped him to uh, to York to run in the in the Nunthorpe Stakes, he carried 135 pounds. Oh, that I did race. not notice yeah. that. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. yeah. he wilted late. Well, he carries 118 here. Uh, so, but so I pulled Thoroughgraph for the for the card. I'm a big Thoroughgraph believer. I drank the Kool Aid a little bit, <laughs> and uh, Golden Powell's is going to have to improve to win this race. There are a couple horses in here, Fire Crow and Extravagant Kid, that have races that are faster than what Golden Pal's ever run. So I think it, it, and Golden Pal's going to be over bet. He's going to be, I mean, four to five on the morning line. Is he going to be three to five, two to five? I'd say one to two. I think this is one of those deals. I think he's probably the best horse. He may be the best sprinter in America on turf. I think this is a chance to go against him just in case. Because he did have surgery over the winter, as as I recall, he had some type of ankle surgery. Maybe, maybe he's not not back to to his old self. He did finish seventh at York in, in a five furlong race. That's right up Wesley Ward's alley. And this horse did not uh, fire that day. I'm going to give you a bomb. Oh, I know yeah, who it is. Uh, it's it's silly. It's probably a horse. It, he may not win. But I, I think you've got to use him underneath at the very least. And this is number three inhalation. And his last thoroughgraph is competitive with a horse like Golden Pal. Really? He's, he's a four-year-old. He's a four-year-old. He's making his third start off the layoff. 
Go back and watch that race October on August 23rd at Colonial. It's a five furlong race. He missed the break. It doesn't say so in the uh, racing form running line, but he missed the break. And he spotted the field maybe a length and a half, and he was three to four wide all the way around the track. And Adam Buschetta was riding him, and he gave him a confident ride until late. And I don't think he ever pulled a stick on him. Uh, the horse won easily. Just use this horse underneath at the very least. I'm using him in my pick three. I'm going to go, I'm going to spread here. I've got a single later in this uh, turf pick three, but I'm going to use two, three, four, and six for my pick three. And if inhalation hits the board, somebody owes me dinner. I'll <laughs> <laughs> tell you what, I go back and look at the race at Keeneland in the, in the April, going a mile against Gear Jockey and Falkirk. Um, the horse did middle move, didn't he? Kind of quit, kind of quit late under biscuits, and they bring it, they retool him, bring it back colonial, shorten him up, and uh, against Lesser, no question about it, it was against Lesser, but, uh, did beat in Sky We Trust for Miss Michelle, right, that day, so the horses responded to the shorter trip, so I've, I've yeah. seen worse, I'm okay with it. I, I mean, you, you can't use this horse if you're using the, the racing form from buyer figures. He's way slower, but if you use Thurgraph, He's got a shot with the third off the layoff. He's a four year old. And I always talk about four year old horses mature, uh, this time of year. You, you tend to get your best out of them. I'm just saying, I think, you know, if this melts down for some reason, he's got a shot to be there. I'm going to use him in the two, three, four spots. Since it's only a seven horse field, I can play a really good super and, and not blow the budget. If he hits the board, it's going to pay something, you know. So I would add too that there are some question marks. I talk all the time about uh, everybody talks about beatable favorites. There's always beatable second choices, beatable third choices. In this race, you could have a case where a golden pal kills off a fire crow or vice versa because of the speed duel. You have extravagant kid come off a layoff from Dubai. You have county final taking on older horses. There are some things that happen with some of these horses that you think. Uh, might fire, may not fire. So, and inhalation's in good form, right? And is a closer. So I definitely can, I do think that is probably your primo superfecta horse. So I, I commend you on that. Colin, I hope you're right. JJ's like, these guys are nuts. Yeah, no, like, well, I get on this no. stupid podcast. It's right. These guys no, are idiots. <laughs> inhalations, um, early races in Europe were very good. Um, and I'm, I'm a strong believer that just about any horse that comes from Europe, is probably significantly better than 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 what we have in the U.S. So I I don't think it's it's out of the realm, and I definitely uh, don't see anything wrong with 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 putting that horse in the exotics to to add some value. Um, because like your point said, if you want to make some money off of this race, you're going to have to pick one of these outsiders, and and I I think that that is the best best outsider that you could pick for exotics. Hmm. I'm glad right. we've talked through this, y'all. I'm glad we've talked through this. I think I've changed, I may change my tune a little bit. All right. Thanks, <laughs> All right. guys. All right. Well, I'll give a mea culpa. I don't know if that's the right word or not, but uh, yeah, I've, I've talked you into, uh, uh, the horse on Sunday in the pick six sequence. Uh, the name escapes me. The Asmussen Winchell horse that ran. Hmm. Pneumatic. Oh, yeah. Pneumatic. Yeah. Pneumatic. I talked yeah. you on to pneumatic when Necker Island was probably, Staring us right in the face. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I know that I was my lone miss. Pick four, but huh? I cost myself pick four just being stubborn about that. But anyway. All right, let's go to race there. eight. Race eight is the uh, the one mile first lady stakes, another grade one. 
I'm sorry. I skipped a race. I'm sorry. Back up. Back up. Race seven is the Thoroughbred Club of America States. Grade two, 250,000 for fillies and mares. Three and up. Six furlongs on the dirt. And the heavy favorite is number six, Bell's the one. Nine for 20 lifetime. She's earned over a million dollars. Seven to five morning line for Neil Pesson. Corey Landry comes off a bullet work at Churchill. JJ, let's go back to you. Who do you like in Thoroughbred Club of America? Yeah, the small field that was definitely boosted by Bells to One coming back so quickly off that tremendous effort against Sconson in the open mind. And uh, understandable to run her, run her here. I mean, she she likes Keeneland, and she's been working great coming into this race. I, I can see why they added her here. But but I don't think she's a lock because I, I think Estilo Talentoso is a very dangerous challenger with Jose Ortiz aboard. I, I really like this talented filly. She battled with Gamine in the ballerina. And she was second to Cece in the, the Princess uh, Rooney. And Cece came back to recently to, to win the Chillingworth stake at, stake at Santa Anita. Uh, that Princess Rooney, it really was an oppressive effort. Uh, she didn't get off to a good start. She was last early, and she was taken out of her game. But she recovered nicely and rallied four wide. Uh, her speed figures match up here. Uh, I, I think she's a very consistent daughter of McLean's music. I, I think she's a le- legitimate threat to Bell's, Bell's the one. Uh, Frank's Roquette is, is a consistent daughter of Into Mischief. And she's been in the money in 15 of, of 16 starts. So it, you know, it, it would be hard to overlook her, look her for exotics. Uh, she does like this distance, and, but she seems to have tailed off a bit from her, her previous form, her last year's success. Uh, she was a third, third to Wisconsin in the winning color. So that, that puts her firmly in here. But it will be interesting to see how, how Junior maneuvers her from this rail post. If he if he hustles her up early or decides to let her drop back, um, you know, last out she she broke slowly and it affected her performance work. But she's also coming in off off a really good work. I just question whether she can can come back to that 2020 form. Uh, there's been some some talk about Club Car, but Club Car one to five at Keen, one of five at Keeneland, uh, adding blinkers for for Colebrook. Um, not really a high percentage move for the trainer. Uh, she's consistent and rarely runs a poor race, but, uh, you know, her speed figures don't really match up here. Uh, in the midst of biz, uh, she won that race, won the race last year at 13 to 1, but I, I don't see deja vu here. I think this is a, a much better field than, than what we saw last year. Um, but she looks like the likely pace factor and could play a role. But I've, I'm, my top pick is, is a Stilo Talento, so I, I went 4-6 here. Yeah, I actually, I, I cannot begin to say how much I just, Ditto exactly everything that uh, JJ said. Uh, I think it's a two horse race between Bell's the one who's may find it kind of bizarre that Sconson's not in the race yeah. because I mean, they're like Duke and North Carolina, the Yankees and the Red Sox. It seems like they just, uh, they have a rivalry that is pretty fun to watch. And I guess, uh, this is probably a prep for the Billy and Mayor sprint out of Del Mar for your, I would guess for Bell's the one. I do think Bell's the one's obviously the one to be. I think it's still, it's still telling Toso. They dead heated here last year. Did the two of them dead heat uh, in the spring behind, uh, oh, yeah. um, the, that's, that's correct. Yeah, you're right. Kamari. Kamara. Kamara. Yeah. Cause, yeah. I, cause that, I had that super and I needed, uh, fortunately I still got up at 50 to one. So I appreciated that. Um, Estilo has until the race against Gamine where she, someone had to, to press Gamine early to the horse never missed the board. He's never missed right. a board in a career and a really good one turn horse. Only real question mark, this horse is more of a seven furlong, one turn mile kind of horse, short six furlongs, but going to get the jump on Bell's the one. I'm not going to, I think it's those two 
one, two, two, one, however it comes in, kind of a boring pick, but, uh, anyone who doesn't admire the way Bells and One runs is, is crazy. This horse is fires every time out, loves Keeneland, responds under Corey Lannery. Neil Peston's got such a really good mare here. Uh, it's those two for me. I'm going to fade Frank's Rocket, uh, kind of JJ was semi alluding to there because this horse does not seem to be as, she does not seem as good as she was last year. It's not to say that she can't get a piece of this, but uh, I don't think she's in as good form as the top two that we mentioned. I, I would maybe look, use club car maybe in the three spot if I were going to play this race in a vertical fashion, which I doubt I will. It's just those two for me, Estillo and Bell's the one, and I look forward to a, a heck of a stretch duel. I think I've got to include Frank Rockett. Uh She has two races on third graph that would win this spot. Uh, I, one of them was last fall and I, I saw that and I picked her in the Breeders' Cup sprint and she didn't break well and she, I mean, she just bounced to the moon there. She came back two starts later and paired up that big figure and that might have knocked her out again. Uh, we're back to the fall. It's been 10, six months since that big number at Oakland, uh, where she, she paired the, her, her career top. I think maybe, She's coming around, but like I said, now I'd want to, I probably want a price if you just want a better to win, but I'm going to include her in my exotics. So I'm going to use Frank's Rocket, but the other two you're, you're right on. It's still Talentoso and Bell's the one. Uh, before we go on to the next race, you were talking about club car, JJ. Uh, has either one of you seen the movie Simpatico? I have not. I have not. <laughs> Who is that? It's, it's, it's a terrible movie. It's a horse racing movie. Oh, Back. wow. Oh, I remember hearing it was terrible. I remember, that's what I remember. No. It's a horror movie that's terrible. Listen to this cast, though. Sharon Stone, Jeff Bridges, Nick Nolte, Albert Finney. That, wow. that Those were, oh. yeah. It was, I did watch part of that. I did uh-huh. watch part of that. I think I turned it off. It was so oh bad. Oh, my gosh. It was so bad. But anyway, what I'm bringing it up, they shot part of that movie at Donnemeyer Farm. Donnemeyer Farm is owned by uh, the Balls. Yeah. And, in for sales, uh, and Mike and Catherine Ball own number two club car. So, oh wow, yeah. So anyway, I, I thought I'd throw a tidbit out there. But that yeah, is fantastic trivia. <laughs> yeah, I, I completely forgot about Simpatico. Forgot about it. I think a lot of the country has. Unless you want to hate watch it. I mean, it was a bad <laughs> movie. It was a bad, bad movie. Which is shocking considering that cast. Yes, That's true. Yes, yes. Anyway, because Jeff Bridges was in Sea Biscuit, and that's one hell of a horse racing. That movie. was that's <laughs> a real movie. That is a real movie. I have seen right. that one. <laughs> I, I figured you had. <laughs> have you read the book? Have you guys read the book? The book is fantastic. Yes, Laura Hill is all time great. Yeah, I'm and, I'm from I'm from Nelson County, so I don't know how to read very well. That's true. That's true. But I would also add Lauren Hillenbrand, the author, not only wrote Sea Biscuit, she wrote Unbroken, which if anybody hasn't read that book, uh, Angelina Jolie. Uh, made, made the movie about a, uh, war, a prisoner of war in, in World War II. She completely screwed it up. That said, the book, if you like Sea Biscuit by Hort, Lauren Hillenbrand, you've got to get, uh, Unbroken. All right. There's your reading aside. It's a fantastic, every bit as good as Sea Biscuit, if not better. So then we move on. That concludes our edition of the Auxiliary Gate Book Club. <laughs> <laughs> Continue on with our regular scheduled program. Race eight is the first lady stakes, grade one, $400,000. One mile on the grass for Phillies and Mares, three and up. A tepid favorite. I think, uh, I think they got the morning, morning line a bit wrong on this one on number three, Alfica or Altica. 
Mm-hmm. Seven to two. I think she's lower than that, in my opinion. Right on. Phillies won the Diana and the Justa game. Uh, she was a price in both of them. I was against her in the Diana. I thought stretching out to nine furlongs was would be her undoing, and she proved me wrong. She was very impressive. She's run two big numbers, and now she shows up here in the first lady. Uh, let's go to you, JJ. Who do you like in the first lady? Yeah, th- this is a fantastic turf test with with some stars like I'm thinking and some some up and comers who could challenge. But uh, she was just so impressively invincible in in those back to back Grade One wins. Uh, a few of the horses that she beat are showing up here trying to turn the tables, but I, I don't see much reason to see why she would recede here. She's had a short rest. Uh, Spencer gets aboard, but he's obviously very capable uh, to handle her. Uh, it's an appropriate distance for her. It could be a, a good prep and setup for the Breeders' Cup. Um, I do see, however, a challenger who I think looms as a big threat. And, and I've mentioned before my absolute love for European invaders, particularly Aiden O'Brien European invaders who win at, at a tremendous clip when they come here. And that's Empress Josephine with, with Johnny V aboard. I mean, although her record is two of seven, the daughter of Galileo, I mean, she's held her own against some very solid Euro competition. She won a grade one in Ireland. Um, any Aiden O'Brien shipper has to be considered live, especially they, if they've had some success success over there. Uh, the only question mark ever is she's competed mostly on on very soft ground, ground the ground that's had a lot of give, and I think she's going to encounter a different course here. But I still like her for the upset, and if if she's anywhere near that price of ten to one, um, I definitely have her in the win spot. Um, I think another one to watch for the win spot is Regal Glory. Uh, just in great form, having won three of her last four. And she had a really troubled start in the Jesta game, uh, in which she was bumped. It, it said in the Equibase report she was hard held. And if you watch the race, you can see she was just completely taken out at the start. She was last and then still managed fourth behind Althika. And I, I do believe that that affected her performance. Now, would she have beaten Althika? I, you know, I, I'm not going to say that, but I, I do think she would have finished a lot better than, than, than she did. Um, I, I think that she's definitely a contender here. The mile distance seems to be a Pirelli and Jose Ortiz aboard. Um, there's not much to knock to with, with Princess Grace, who's six of seven and only a half length from being undefeated. Uh, she's beaten Delica and Abscond last out who return here. And she could get a stalking spot behind Blowout, who, who looks to be a big pace factor here. Uh, I think she's tough to dismiss be- because of her consistency. And that last win at Kentucky Downs, I mean, she was taken out of her game in that race and still managed to win. Uh, she can handle adversity. So I, I think those are my three for the for the win spots. Uh, Via Dara is a very good horse. I like her a lot, but that outside post, I, I just think it's going to be difficult for her to navigate. Um, you know, she, it, it would be good if she could track blowout. Uh, which is her style, but it's going to be tough. Jeru's going to have to navigate her from that spot. I'm taking a stand against Harvey's little girl, um, although I'm, I'm a huge fan of this daughter of American Pharaoh. She's absolutely beautiful. I know the fans at Keeneland are going to love seeing her, beautiful, stunning gray. Um, I'm a big fan of hers, but the cutback in distance is good for her, but I just I, I don't see her beating the other class of the field, which is why I, I counted her out of the win spot. Uh, I like the others in the win spot, so I went two, three, six, and ten. With uh, I would say Empress Empress Josephine might be my bet of the day. Oh, you know I'm glad. This is why we have her on the show, CC. Not to mention she knows what the hell she's talking about. But she actually makes me feel good when 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 I uh, when my 
uh, analysis kind of corresponds with her. So I feel a little bit better what I'm getting ready to say. Uh, I do have one question for her real quick. The thing with Empress Josephine, I think there's another Aiden O'Brien horse up this weekend at Keeneland. What I found a little interesting, he doesn't bring any of his jock, Ryan Moores or those guys over here. He doesn't bring any European jocks with him. I know John Velasquez is on that one. Should we read anything into that, uh, JJ? Yeah, no, I, I I thought it was a little odd myself because you notice the other trainers are are bringing their their mobile. Well, you would think to prepare for the Breeders' Cup, but I I wouldn't read anything into that, especially with it being Johnny V. I I wouldn't worry about that. Good, that's what I want to hear because uh, I was I'm all set to single Altica in this spot, but I, you mentioned Empress Josephine is the X factor. The, the presence of that horse alone with the wind and um in Ireland, the Grade One win in Ireland. I, that's the X factor. I don't know if I could sing. I would have to include that one with it because Altica, to me, you get seven to two in Altica. That's crazy. I know this is a really good yeah. field, and there's some horses in here I like. But there's not to me. There's no way you get seven to two on Altica. Right. Uh, maybe an idea is uh, to use Empress Josephine as that X factor and use Altica behind him in case uh, uh, Empress Josephine is the goods. Maybe you go a cold exacto there. Maybe play a little bit the trifecta, superfecta. But I'm not going to go in uh, bad mouth Altica. I talk a lot about the uh Brisnet pace fix, which I really like. You look at this horse's two pace figs in uh in, in this country, they're almost identical. And that's going from a mile to a mile and eight. Uh it, may, it tells me the horse runs the race every time and it's push button. And the horse uh she beat both times is her stable mate, Charlie Appleby stable mate, Summer Romance, who would probably be favored in this spot as well. So there's nothing to knock with Altica from my vantage point. We have had a lot of rain in this area this week, but I don't think that would hurt this, hurt the horse. I don't believe they're going to be off the turf. I answer it's imagination. So I'm going to go with Altica. I'm going to give a nod to Empress Josephine upon JJ's recommendation and the fact that it's Aiden O'Brien. And I mean, it'd be silly not to. You mentioned Regal, uh, Regal Glory, who I think has a big shot in here. I think the horse, uh, is a true miler. Um, yeah, Princess Grace. Harvey's Little Goyle, the same thing. The horses, it's like they're trying to reinvent Harvey's Little Goyle in the spot by making her a miler. Uh, on class, the horse fits. I'd like to see her go a little bit further ground. And we could have a decent pace in here because blowout's in the race, and then you've got that the crazy wild speed of Dalek on the outside, too. Maybe those two hook up. And I, I don't know if Dalek is as fast as blowout, but, you know, Dalek can run off at times, especially with Miguel Mano board. So I'm talking an awful lot. To basically say that I like Altica and to mimic JJ, I, I've got to have uh, Empress Josephine as a bit of an X factor too. I would agree with that assessment. I mean, Altica is going to be my single in this pick three. Uh, I'd agree, but Walter pick yeah. three. Uh, Empress Josephine, I, I, I just don't know what to do with her. I, I know, uh, O'Brien and the Coolmore game, they, they like to run their horses. So you got to be careful. You got to figure out which ones are live and which one aren't, which ones aren't. Uh, this one's she's made seven starts over in Europe, and at times she looked like she's tailed off, but she showed signs of life last time. Right. So I don't know what to do with her. I I mean, if you're user, go too deep. Horse, go too deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think uh, you, you need to to consider using her at, at the least. Uh, a couple of others I would use underneath. Number five, Hendy Woods has a good pattern. She's moving. Looks like she's moving forward. That that big win at Kentucky Downs. Uh, uh, kind of signals that she's arrived. So I would definitely consider using her underneath. If you wanted to spread in the horizontals, I, I think you might consider using her. And of course, uh, Princess Grace, number 10. I just love her pedigree. She's a son of, uh, or excuse me, a daughter of Car- Caraconti, who won the Breeders' Cup 
Mile Turk, excuse me, Breeders Cup Mile at uh, Santa Anita. And his, Caraconti's grandsire, uh, the dam sire, was Sunday Silence. The dam of Princess Grace is Masquerade, a daughter of Silent Name, who was a son of Sunday Silence. So you've got Sunday Silence on the, uh, the top and bottom of Princess Grace. And of course, Sunday Silence won the 89 Kentucky Derby. And he was probably the most influential sire in Japanese racing history. His, his sons and daughters live on through horses like Deep Impact and Stay Gold and, and those types. So yeah, Princess Grace, I, I like her a lot. And of course I can't leave out Delica who ran a monster race last time. She actually set off the pace last time and nearly got to Princess Grace in the ladies' turf. So it's, this is a great race. This is going to be This is. Wild. It's a great race. Regardless if we win or lose, I think this is a fantastic race top to bottom. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I think I would vote Harvey's Little Goyle as possibly the, the most mismanaged horse of 2021. <laughs> uh, just, I mean, we'll I, see. Wait till after the results. See if the horse wins a race first, and then, then yeah. we can talk about that. I, actually, uh, I want to see her stretch out. I want I want to see her go mile and a half. She's she's great big horse, has big stride. I think she might – Excel going longer the 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 mile and a half race at the end of the meet for Keeneland I think might suit her better but I, I, I don't know but I mean she's she's nice Philly I wish I owned her that's for sure yeah. but uh uh all right so uh we've got two more stakes races to go race nine is the Breeders Futurity Grade One half a million dollars two year olds uh, mile sixteenth this is uh one of the most important two-year-old races on the calendar this race in the past uh has featured maxfield nick's go i can't remember who won it last year i know uh the the winner last year was uh featured on the derby trail his name escapes me but this is a this is an important race the morning line favorite is four to one so that tells you how wide open this spot is number one double thunder from the todd pletcher barn this horse won the bashford manor back in the summer and then he was off the board in the uh, Saratoga Special. And then he came back to win the Sapling very easily, very handily. That's a race worth watching. But uh Double Thunder is the morning line favorite. But the, this race is very deep. So I will turn it over to JJ to drop some knowledge on us. And you know, this is my favorite race on the card because it is two-year-olds. And there are so many wild cards in this race. There are so many horses in this race that could jump up and win. Oh, yeah. That it's, it's, it's really going to be difficult. If you're playing sequence bets, you're, you're gonna have to go pretty deep in here, really, if, if you, if you want to have a chance to win, I think. There are two horses that stand out to me. They're both pretty decent price horses. And they are Costa Terra and oh. Rattle and Roll. Oh, oh, okay, alright. Uh, Costa Terra caught my eye at Ellis Park. Uh, his maiden win was pretty decent. It wasn't anything special, but it was that, that third place run in the Ellis Park Juvenile. That that was very head turning. Uh, before the race too, getting a look at him, this this is a strong, really well built chestnut son of of Gunrunner, and he's built like a router. He has a great long striding motion. In that race, he was a little immature and green in the stretch, but he was absolutely full of run. He was rolling right rolling late in that seven furlong race, and then he got squeezed as he was rallying right before the wire and with the with the first two, and he could not get up. Uh, he had an, a very strong gallop out. Uh, Santana in this race, he moves back to Stellar Tap, but Arietta was aboard him in his maiden win, so I'm, I don't find that concerning. Um, I do believe of the two Asmussen runners, I think this is the one that wants the route of ground. 
Um, I think this is a, a great price for this horse. He's, he's half-brother of Pneumatic. Oh, uh, that's right, yeah. Teardrop, yeah. Yeah, he's half-brother of your friend Pneumatic. Um, the other horse that, that I like in this race is Rattle and Roll. I mean, if you excuse his hiccup at Saratoga, which was, was just a kind of a freak thing that, you know, sometimes two-year-olds, they, they can they can do things when, when, they're, when they're young and starting out. But if you excuse that, uh, this son of Connect, I mean, he's run two very impressive races. His speed figures aren't eye-catching, which I think is why he'll be overlooked. But he is gutsy and versatile. He's taken a ton of dirt in, in both of those races. He's won at the distance, and he has this natural talent for navigating through traffic. Uh, that de- debut in which he broke sl- slow and was far back empty, uh, he weaved his way through the whole field and was running very well late and and he actually galloped out well past Goodnight after the finish line. He was third at 16 to one. And uh, then in the, in the win, the win, he he was even better. I mean, he was handled very well. He was closer mid pack, and it was basically a hand ride after getting through traffic. So I I think these are two two horses who I think are going to love the stretch out, and uh, at, at such prices you have to include them. A double thunder. Um, I've loved this horse since day one. Uh, I, I'm not concerned about him being on the rail. He's won from the rail before. I don't think that will bother him. I think he's one of Todd Pletcher's best two-year-olds because he's so agile. Uh, he's like Rattle and Roll in that he can navigate through traffic. He, he doesn't mind. He seems to relish the tra- challenge of a traffic jam. Um, in his last race, uh, Paco Lopez will be aboard. He was aboard in his last race in the sapling. Uh, he should have no problem in the stretch out. And I, I think that his experience also will be a big benefit going up against these lesser experienced uh, horses. The only concern is maybe the Saratoga special runners didn't come back to do as well with High Oak and Goonite, you know, lo- losing losing subsequent races. But as far as beating this field, I, I think Double Thunder has a very good chance to win and has to be included. There's been significant buzz out of New York for Classic Causeway who drew that outside post, a massive Saratoga debut. Um, I know many prominent New York handicappers have have been very upset that he was not made the favorite in this race, um, which I, I, I find amusing because um, I, I don't know why you would prefer a, a maiden winner, despite how, how wonderful that debut win was over a multiple graded stakes winner. Right. Um, I, I don't. Agree with that assessment. I do not think Classic Causeway should be the favorite. I think it was a great debut, but I'm actually going against Classic Causeway in this race. I think he got an easy lead. He got an easy win. I I think he's very talented. He could be the next best thing. I think the post here hurts him. He's going to take dirt. He's going to be in a very different situation. And I think there are other horses here who have more experience who are are much better at a much better price. I think you're much better off. Uh, taking those horses. Uh, Stellar Tap, he, he's interesting after that Iroquois disappointment, but um, he, he's very Tappet-like <laughs> in that Iroquois. He balked uh, early in the race, and in the stretch one, he was he was moving his head toward Major General, and I, I, I was concerned about his actions there. Uh, he's very quirky, and I, I also wonder about him at this distance. I'm not sure if maybe he might be might be a sprinter type. We'll see here, but you know, Santana back aboard, so that that's interesting. Uh, Don't Wait Up by Upstore, is he's garnering a lot of attention with those two bullet works. He beat Command Performance, who came back to finish second in the Champagne, and uh, he that that horse looks like a talented Pletcher runner. Um, that debut in which he finished second, he had a troubled start and still only lost by a nose. So uh, Johnny V aboard, I think Don't Wait Up has a chance. 
Um, so those are the ones that are at the top of my list. But but like I said, this this is a race where you you really have to go deep if if you want a chance to win. Yeah, I tell you what, JJ, I could talk, but this race is fan. I could talk about this race all day. There's so many uh, great two-year-olds, but at the end of the day, you make me pick the one. I'm going to jump on your piggyback wherever because I feel the same way about rattle and roll. Everything you yeah. said, I feel the same way. Uh, this horse has shown talent since day one against Gunite. Uh, I remember the race very well. I was on the way to, uh, to vacation driving, and this horse just flew down a stretch. We even in out of horses. Uh, Brigadier General was live that day. He did run a, a third, but that was the perfect setup race. Bolted at Saratoga in the second start, but then we see that, you know, we, as we all know, McPeak had some issues at Saratoga, and his horse, he just had to give his horses a little chance. He, he came ready for revenge when he got to Churchill. His horses are blowing, were blowing the doors off the competition at Churchill, and this is one of them. Yeah. Uh, and I'll also add, only two horses in this race have uh, wins at two turns. That's he and Double Thunder. And rattle and roll in that last race. I can. I know the the, the the figs are pretty slow. I don't care. I know what I saw watching rattle and roll last time. The horse got in a little bit of trouble early. Brian Hernandez was navigating the horse through traffic. Uh, was confident. You know, he bolted the race before. He moved inside down the stretch this time. So obviously bolting is no longer a problem to pass these horses at will. The late pace fig is 103, which is sick good. Uh, I, if I only had to use one, it would be rattle and roll. I'm pulling for this horse, but there are a lot of other ways to go. I don't even think JJ mentioned Great Escape, who was right. ultra impressive last time at Churchill. Uh, we could go on, and like I said, Double Thunder has three wins. Uh, I don't know what to do with Stellar. I'll tell you that horse did not get mentioned. I'll, I'll give a little bit of love to right now. I'm not saying it's going to win the race, but anytime Chris Davis and Sophie Doyle seem to get together, they they, they produce big prices. Dang it. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, took your, I'm sorry. Just step but, on my horses, please. Well, I, okay, rattle and roll is the one I'm going with, but I've got to give a nod to American Sanctuary because we just talked about Double Thunders has three wins, three mm-hmm. two impressive wins. This horse was wide, very wide the whole way, and got the jump on Double Thunder last time, and, and Double Thunder caught him. But, uh, you know, better trip. And Sophie Doyle likes to save ground. She could kick out in the stretch or whatever. Maybe at, at 30 to 1, it's worth inclusion. Hell, Kevin's Folly, that horse uh, likes to hug the rail and uh, make a little – and it gets Flavian Pratt. So, you know, he's going to give him a good ride. But, I could again, I could talk about this all day, but I guess i got to settle on one, and it's going to be rattle and roll for me. Well, i got to apologize to uh, Essential Quality. I, I could think of Maxfield and Nick's go. Essential Quality won this race last year. Way Cannot to go. believe yeah. I forgot that. Listen, listen to this list of winners for the Breeders' Street Charity. Uh, you've got Essential Quality, Maxfield, Nick's Go, Classic Empire in 2016, Carpe Diem in 14, Dullahan in 11, Square Eddie in 08, uh, going back to Sky Mesa in 02, Captain Steve, Cat Thief, Favorite Trick, wow. Boston Harbor, Tejano Run in 94, Dance Floor in 91, 49er in 87, Swale, the Derby winner in 83, or excuse me, Swale won in 83, won the Derby in 84, of course. Uh, going back to some of these I've never heard of, back to Roundtable won it in 1956, and the Away won it in 1940. There's a Triple Crown winner. Oh, my. This wow. Race, yeah, this race has got a rich history, and it's it's really really been this so you know any horse that wins this they're going to be on the derby trail for sure uh i'll just mention two horses and like you said american sanctuary the the sapling stakes at monmouth is worth a look 
because uh, American Sanctuary was wide early, three to four wide. He made a wide bid around the turn, and he looked like a winner. And of course, they don't use whips at Monmouth. That's true. So mm-hmm. Yeah, he he got out there. He had a, like a two length advantage, and he might have got to wandering a little bit, maybe looking around. And Double Thunder ranged up on the outside of him and passed him easily. But American Sanctuary, I think the the rider on Double Thunder led up, and, but American Sanctuary cut back into the margin. So I think yeah, he horse, re-rallied. Yeah, yeah, he re-rallied, and, and I think this horse uh, he merits a look. You know, he picks up five pounds. Looking at his third graph, he's got a good pattern. He paired up last time. Uh, he has four starts under his belt, so I don't know how much more improvement is there. But if he moves up at all, he's he's in this uh, at a big price. So I think you would include him. And this horse on the outside, I don't know what to do with the classic Causeway. He he ran a huge third graph in his debut. Uh, not it, it is a big number. Now the the question mark is if he if he pairs that number, he's probably going to win. But he drew the thirteen hole. There's a chance he could bounce off the big number. So I, I don't know what to do with him. I think you probably need to toss him because, like you, you guys mentioned, a, a lot of them that could step forward here. Uh, so, I, you know, it's, it's a fun race. I'm gonna, I have to go deep here. I don't have a, a real opinion. It's a good race. It really is. Uh, we could, again, we could talk all day on this race. Buy yeah. or sell, stellar tapping this party. Buy or selling, sell, stellar tap to win the race. Uh, is it a question of price? Uh, nine to two, nine to two, buying or selling? Uh, nine to two, I'd sell at nine to two. I would buy at ten to one. JJ? Yeah, I'd, I'd sell. Okay, I kind of feel the same that way. Horse, that horse, I, I singled him last time in the uh, Iroquois. He didn't, he didn't look like a winner at any point during the race, which yeah. that really disappointed me. I, I, I heard a lot about him, but. Uh, I don't like him on the stretch out, but uh, another thing I, I did want to mention was um, I, I didn't mention this horse because, like you said, there's so many that we could go. But there was a video shared today of Kevin's Folly schooling in the paddock, and he looked fantastic. So I don't know what to do with Kevin's Folly either, but I just thought I would I would mention that for the podcast listeners to go on Twitter and and look on uh, the, the Tom Amos account and watch these videos of of Kevin's Folly. He he just looks like he owns the place. Yeah, he can run inside. That horse can run inside. Be careful. I'd, I'd keep an eye on that one. All right, one more, one more to cover. It's the tenth race, the Keeneland Turf Mile, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, Grade One. The mile on the turf, of course. Uh, another wide open race, thirteen horse field, and I had the favorite mark down here. Number ten is Order of Australia, my arch nemesis, who won the <laughs> Breeders' Cup Mile last year, November seventh. Breeders' Cup Miley's run one, two, three, four, five, six times since then, and he's not real. I'm not going to say he hasn't duplicated that effort. According to time form, he's he's duplicated it almost every time. So uh, I'm sure you have to use him. I like some long shots in here, though. Interested to hear what you guys think, JJ. What do you say? Yeah, th- this is this is an interesting one. There's a lot of pace signed on with the, you know, tell your daddy, Brown Storm. Uh, some like it hot brown who's parked outside there. They're likely to be forwardly placed. I think we're all asking ourselves about Order of Australia. Can he replicate 
that that win from last year. I don't believe it's a fluke. I, I I think he was overlooked in the wagering, as I said before. I think there were so many ways you could go in that race, and and he was really one of them who was a contender. Uh, I think he's very talented, and and subsequently, I think he he's done pretty well. I mean, he's faced some pretty decent competition, and he's traveled quite a bit. Uh, he's been Hong Kong, Ascot, and he's coming in off that second on Longchamp. I I don't think he's necessarily a lock, um, but 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 I do think he obviously has to be considered here. Um, I, it was interesting that uh, that um, this uh, European jockey, let me make sure I get his, get his name right here, Tudhope, uh, is on Space Traveler. Uh, he's the only he, that's his only ride. Uh, Tudhope's ride is, is Space Traveler. Um, he was he was second in, in the Woodbine Mile, and he ran in the Arlington Million. Uh, they, they weren't really super impressive races, but uh, he could walk work out a solid trip here. And, and he could be an alternative to, to Order of Australia in this race at a better price. Um, let's see, IR, Ivar, adding blinkers. He, that, that's an interesting move that, that could make, could he be part of the early pace or be running mid pack? Um, I, I really liked his Shadwell turf mile last year. Uh, my only concern would be the longer layoff. Um, he hasn't raced since May, but, uh, of the, of the makers entered, I'm very intrigued by Longshot Monarchs Glen. Uh, understandably, he hasn't been been taking on the same level of competition as as some of these other horses, but I, I think he's got the running style to be there late. And with Ricardo Santana aboard, Maker and Santana are a very dangerous combination uh, at Keeneland, mm-hmm. and so I, I think you know you've got you've got Order of Australia, Ivar, and Space Traveler, but then you've got Monarchs Glen. Uh, I think Pixelate is a must use for exotics be, just because of his consistency. And then a uh, some like it hot brown. What do you do with him in the, in the outside post? Uh, Jose is going to have to nag- navigate him to to an early pace scenario to to keep him on his game. But uh, it it wouldn't be a surprise if he did very well here as well. Yeah, this I think this is another fascinating race. I mean, it would sound like a broken record, but these are fascinating races. They are, and it's you know if if you trying to make money, they're fascinating. If you just love the sport. Uh, these are fat. These, this is a great race. And because I am going to probably go narrow earlier with Altica, this is the race where I would have to uh, quote unquote spread. Uh, there's about five or six that I would, I'd want on my ticket. Uh, I'd have to have some like a hot brown, even from that outside post, because I mean, he got caught last time, but that was a wicked pace at Kentucky Downs. I'm surprised he actually finished as well as he did. Uh, there's a possibility he could, it's, it's a short run of the, to the stretch, but he could, Work out a little trip. Uh, Order of Australia, I think the horse is getting good. And uh, I, going back to last year in the Breeders' Cup, I don't usually do this, but uh, I actually use 11 to 14 horses in that race, and I double single. I had Tarnawa, and I had a uh, Monomoy girl, and I did not use Order of Australia, and I went 11 to 14 deep. So that no. one still bugs me. So uh, I'm probably, I missed the boat, but I'm going to try to get on the train here. I'd have to have the horse on my ticket here. Uh, the one long shot I really want to. Ivar, I should mention Ivar. I'd have to have Ivar. A uh, little concern only has one start this year. But the long shot I would mention, CC probably can guess who I'm going to mention, is in love. Uh, <laughs> Alicia Shard. Uh, I've been high on this horse since since the race last year at Keeneland when that horse sat on the rail. And when they, I think it was Joe Talamo aboard that day, he said go and that horse exploded down the stretch. He has let me – it took a while to get back to that form. Uh, but he has started around in that form, and I, it's going to be a tall order to beat these horses. 
but they put the blinkers on him last time. They finally, maybe that was the key. They put the blinkers on and the horse won easily at Kentucky Downs, easier than it looks. And Alexius Shard, who a lot of people don't know, he's actually two for two on this horse. Do I think he's got good enough to beat these overall? I don't know, but the numbers jump with the blinkers and the horse has shown the talent. They've shown the talent in the past. They know they've got one here. They, maybe the blinkers is the magic touch at 20 to one. I'm willing to throw it on the ticket. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I see it. I'm sure there's a couple others I can mention, but I've talked long enough. But Monarch Glenn, as JJ said, is, is live too. So I'll move on to UCC. Yeah, you got to use in love. Uh, he's coming into this race similar to the way Ivar came into the race last year. Yeah. For the same barn, Palo Lobo. This horse had, you know, four, four races. <laughs> Going into that race at Kentucky Downs, and then on Thoroughgraph, he just blossomed, and he won easy. Got a got a perfect ride from uh, Alex Achard, and if he pairs that up with that inside post, he's going to be in the photo, I believe. I would use him. Uh, Space Traveler is one I'm interested in. If you're spreading, you know, I think you got to use him. He he's not as exciting as some of the others in here, though. Uh, Ivar, I've got to use Ivar because I've been trying to trying to figure this horse out ever since he, he came here. Uh, if he duplicates any of his two efforts at, uh, from Keeneland last year, he wins this. He's that good. But I, I don't know. I don't know anything about what he's been doing at the Thoroughbred Center. I don't know. Yeah. How he's looked or anything. The uh, pixel eight is one I'm interested in. Now he picked up the pieces from a hot pace at Kentucky Downs to win the Mint Million, but, uh, he pairs that effort up. He wins this race or he'll be there at the finish and going through the field here uh i had one more maybe i didn't something like it hot brown ran a huge race at kentucky downs i'll throw yeah. that one in there yeah. but you know that from the 13 hole i just don't know but uh yeah give me those three pixelate ivar and in love it's a great race again broken record great race it could go a lot of different ways yeah Hey, can we can we talk about the last race real quick too? Before you, I mean, yes. just, it's not a stakes race, but that that's one I kind of like right there. Go for it. All right. Well, have you looked at this race, JJ? Oh, let me check here. Let me look. I think I looked at, it, but yeah, you go you go ahead because I want to hear what you what you think about this. Is a two year old race? Yeah, there's two in here I like. There's actually four or five I like, but there's two. If I got allowed to two horses race, I could live with it. The one is number seven, Giant Game for Dale Romans. I don't only like playing Dale Romans at Keeneland. But man, I love this horse's debut. Uh, first off, uh, it's owned by West Point and Alibaw. Anytime Romans has an Alibaw, those horses are usually live. And this horse, usually it's what those horses win first time out. Apparently this one needed to start. Cost 500000 And the two horses he ran against in his debut was Great Escape, we mentioned earlier, who just blew him off the track at uh, Churchill that night on uh, night racing and very impressive for Rudy Brissett and Seal Beach, who is a seasoned horse. He's had three or four starts now who obviously ran second. It was just, that's the way the race unfolded. It was where Seal Beach was supposed to run giant game rallied late and rallied between horses, very gamely between horses to get up uh, in the photo for third. I remember I had both horses for, that runs second. I would wish the other one had got it for because it's twenty six to one. But I was really impressed with the way Giants came rally between horses late. I think this horse might be a lot. And, and the works say that the horse may be live. Um, 
I think that, you know, they're going to model 16 today. I think that was a plan all along. So I like Giant Game and I like the 10 horse, Victoria Oliver, Let My People Go, by Pioneer of the Nile. The reason I like that one, I thought the debut was pretty good. It was Bilotti, I think he's running second too, which is really nice. Brendan Walsh horse, uh, Godolphin, that one on debut at Ellis. I think the horse might be up either earlier in a card on Saturday or on Friday. I don't recall. But that was impressive enough, but I really like the way this horse closed late at Kentucky Downs. Horse was stuck on the rail, got out late, and was really striding out. I really love the way the horse strides. And, of course, they're going uphill at the end of the race. So this horse was striding out uphill to almost get there against a, a horse I'm not really crazy about, a Tom Mamis horse called Dowagus. I don't think it was the toughest field. I just I just remember making a note that I thought this horse might enjoy a stretch out. So there's a couple others in there, like Norgay. And there's a Billmont horse in there that should should run better. And Brian Lynch's horse hitting bombs took a ton of money on debut. That mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if that horse uh, showed his true stuff today. But if you held me to two, I'm taking Giant Game and let my people go. You guys have an opinion here? Uh, yeah. I w- well, hitting bombs was the one I was interested in, just on the lone fact that he took money. He took a lot of money. It kept coming yeah. in that day. It kept coming in. Yeah, I got a feeling that that horse is probably live. He, he worked forty-seven and one, forty-seven and one on October second. So I got a feeling he's that'd be the third one. I think it's by Gunrunner too. Yeah, yeah. So he should should improve. But I, I don't have a real opinion here. I'm like you. I like Giant Game just because it's Al Ball. And I tell you what, we probably need to wish good luck to uh, Gary McIntyre, who I've met before. He's a super nice guy. I think the horse Max Time is he's got some kind of connection with the Al Balls. And I think that horse is named after him. And he, he's a big fan of the game. I think he lives near Owensboro, but the, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's he's a super nice guy, and I, I hope that horse runs well for him. Uh, but uh, JJ, I turn it over to you. I, uh, who, who you like in this last race? Yeah, I, th- I thought there was excellent analysis on some price horses who definitely have a chance. I I'm like you though. I I looked at hitting bombs. I I think that that had to be a fluke debut. I I think this horse is talented. I don't know why he didn't fire. Um. I, I believe that he he worked with uh, Causeway. Um, oh, really? Yeah, he he was a workmate with Causeway, which is what uh, Richard McGlure said. He worked with with uh, classic with Causeway. Classic, yeah, classic Causeway. Um, and so Richard McGlure even said, "Watch for hitting bombs." So uh, I have to believe that this horse has got to improve if if they thought so much of him and he's he's been doing that well. But uh, I, I, yeah, I don't see anything wrong with with going with Giant Game either. I mean, I think he's he's definitely a contender in this race. There's some excellent two year old races on Saturday. I think race five could up could end up being a key race. Um, there are some tremendous pedigrees in that race, and and there's one to watch. Uh, Strava for Dallas Stewart. Uh, I, I think is one to watch. I, I I would watch out for Dallas Stewart at this meet. Really? I, 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 yeah, I, I think that he's going to have some big, I'm, I'm just throwing that out there. He's, he's, he's primed for this, this meet. Uh, he, he's got some runners that have some excellent pedigrees and, and I, I hope to see him at the Derby next year. All right. I'm going to pay it because I hadn't looked at race five that much, but I know Strava's name in my app that I use when I run is the Strava app. So I got, I, I like that name already. <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah, going to bet, Les- bet Leslie Chow. Admit it. Leslie Chow, why does that name sound familiar to me? That's from uh, The Hangover, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. That's one of the funniest movies of all time. The first one, not the second and third one. That's right, Leslie Chow. I was wondering why that. And it's by Practical Joke. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I've got to get. That's a $2 win bet. There you go. 
That horse has a really good chance being by Practical Joke. Practical Joke, I believe, is winning with two-year-olds that like his two-year-olds at like a twenty-eight percent clip. So it's thirty-seven percent right here. That's insane. Oh wow, it's gone so up. I don't think I, I don't think I've t- I don't think I've tied into one yet either. So maybe I'm due with Leslie Chow. That's awesome. I, I was wondering in Switzer, uh, you would think Switzer, Switzer being Oklahoma bred, right? But it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah like Switzer's got steam. Yeah. All right, we wrapped it up and we went through this card. I mean, we, uh, we covered it pretty good. I, I'm really excited that JJ likes some of the horses that I like. That always makes me feel so much better. Absolutely. Hopefully we've shed some light on this card too, because it's, uh, as my father used to say years ago, this one's a booger. Yeah. It's a fun one to talk through. It's fun to talk through this stuff though, right? Uh, getting some different opinions and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, couldn't have asked anybody better than to have JJ on to do this with us and yeah. stuff. So. Uh, this, oh, this I appreciate it. This is absolutely every time we do this, every time we do a card like this, this is the highlight of my week because I, I love, yeah, you know, I love talking through these races. So, uh, last thing we've, we've run over time here, but, uh, uh, Alan, uh, would you recap the $3 pick three wager? Maybe just give a, a cheap ticket how you would play that. Okay. Cheap ticket. I can do that because uh, I'm, I'm a poor man, so it'd be a cheap ticket, but, uh, there's different ways to play it, but in this instance, for the sake of this pod, starting back in race six, I'm going to take just two horses, and that probably gets me knocked out right there, but I'll go Golden Pal, obviously, and I'm going to take County Final simply because I want to have an upset. I want to go against, I want to have something contrary against the horse everyone's going to single. Uh, you guys have both made excellent points for some other horses, but uh, to keep it fairly cheap, I'll use just the two and the seven. That's Golden Pound County Final. Then I have to scroll down to the First Lady, and I'm just going to use two in there. And that is the aforementioned Altica as a single. And I'll go ahead and use Empress Josephine on, upon JJ's recommendation. And the fact that it would be pretty stupid to leave out Aiden out of a, a race like this, which killed me last year in the Breeders' Cup. So that's two by two. And then I'm going to go to the last race, which is the uh, – no, the Breeders' Feet, which is the other turf race. Keelan Mile. Oh, the Keelan Mile. My God, these, there's a lot of races. In the Keelan Mile, that's two by two. I will use number three in love. I will use number six, Ivar. I don't want to make this too expensive. Number 10, Order of Australia. Number 13, Some Like a Hot Brown. That's two by two by four. Four by four is 16. $48. That's, you know, it adds up pretty quick at three bucks. There's a couple I left out, like Diamond Oops. And others, but yeah, two by two by four. Okay. Now, JJ, I want you to give your safest bet of the five races that we covered, your safest bet, and then give me a horse that you think we can make some money on. Oh, wow. Safest bet. Oh, that, that's a tough one. Um, well, I, you know, I, I, I think, hmm, I, I'm, I, I think my best bet really would be Empress. I, I think yeah. Empress Josephine is, is, is a really, I don't know if it would be safe, but I, I think if she's anywhere near that ten to one, I, I just think you can't resist that. Yeah, I think you that's know, a horse you can make some money on for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you got to include if she's anywhere near that. And and I would say, you know, the the, the breeders' futurity is where you're going to have your your best chance at a prize horse. Um, Costa Terra and Rattle and Roll are the two that I, I would say definitely include those on your tickets. Yeah, Costa, you, you taught me, I forgot about Costa Terra. I remember the debut at Ellis. I remember the stakes race too. You, uh, you pushed me in that direction. 
Yeah, I, I think that Breeders' Futurity, that, that's going to be a, a wild race. And yeah. I, I'm playing some super effectives in that race where I'm going to use um, almost all price horses in, in oh. the super effectives. Oh, nice. You hit that, you can pay this house off for me. That, that would, that's, <laughs> it doesn't matter what you hit. <laughs> Dinner, dinner's on JJ. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, let's wrap it up here. Uh, as always, we appreciate JJ Hysel. Uh, she she's joined us tonight and and uh, love to hear her insight into the races and uh, uh, hopefully we'll have you back on Breeders Cup week and we need to we need to catch up we need to catch you down at Churchill Downs or, or somewhere yeah somewhere down yeah the definitely road and just to hang out so uh, but we thank you for joining us uh, I'll I'll tie a bow on this right now uh, on behalf of Alan Schneider I'm CC Broadus and of course JJ Heisel. Remember that gambling money ain't got no home.